Hey everyone, this is Brooks Campbell, voice of Ikmer and sometimes the infamous Edward Turner. We are coming out with some very exciting news in the next few weeks regarding the uh, direction of the podcast and everything that we're doing, but those of you on Discord are getting it this week, so... Feel free to uh, chime in with us there. We are always active, and you too can get at, get in on it. If you uh, if you like, if you join our Discord, get ready for episode thirty four: Strange Mwangi in a Strange Land. <laughs> like liquor and things that go boo then buckle up listener because this one's for you prepare yourself for the hideous laughter podcast hey everybody welcome back to the hideous laughter podcast episode 34 when I was a young boy, my father took me to see the Carnies and join the Crooked Kin. All right. You guys are about to meet some goddamn Carnies this episode, but Woo! first, we got to figure out what the fuck you're drinking. Steve, what are you drinking, bud? Griffin, I'm glad you brought this up because I think our listeners have waited long enough. The buildup is insane. For this Hashtag Team Slurp episode. It's been a really long time since I've done it. I got a tall boy of hams in my hand. You're correct. That's the sound of me cracking it open. And you're going to want to dampen those audio outputs. You know who on t- no slurp. Team Slurp. Crack, crack them if you got them. Oh, that feels good. That feels good. You really miss that? <laughs> I do. It's been a minute. <laughs> it has. It's been a couple episodes. We all feel so bad for you. Yeah, it looks like you're physically hurting yourself, usually. I'm taking years off my life. I thought you were going to go double dip on the slurp. Oh, no. I just wanted more of this refreshing hams. Good well, for you for abstaining. We need a warning for that. We do need a slurp I warning. Warn him. <laughs> I warn him. Brooks, speaking of warnings, warn me about what the fuck is in that cup. This is... A plastic cup. We can talk about that later. But <laughs> are you concerned about BPAs or something? No, I'm concerned about the glass and the fact that I may or may not have uh, cracked one at one point here. Several or times. two. Who knows? Who's counting? But anyway, <laughs> I would imagine Griffin and Haley are counting. <laughs> we are counting. The tab is rising. Anyways, this is a orange vanilla rum and coke, but also a little bit of orange bitters in it to kind of cut that sweetness. Spice it up a bit. Yeah, I think it works very well. It sounds pretty good. I mean, at the beginning you were drinking those and it didn't seem very sophisticated, but now you've made it this beverage that you know can only be called the Brooks. I appreciate that. It's not the tip of my uh, culinary 
iceberg. Yeah, but unfortunately, like Manhattans have a name, and and most of the drinks you make have a name. This one, uncharted territory, dude. That's right. This is this is the Milwaukee expanse uh, of drinks right here. Speaking of the Milwaukee expanse, Haley, what, what are you drinking? Uh, that makes literally no sense. I'll be the arbiter of what does and does not make sense. Who are you to say where your where your character came from? I am the only one who should say that. <laughs> Literally, I'm it. The lies, only one. Lies and slander, folks. You heard it here first. Oh, good lord! I am in control of my character, uh, but me myself, I'm also in control of my drink, and I'm drinking Captain and Coke. How typical? Well, it's not Pepsi, so actually, it's atypical. Yeah, we didn't have Pepsi. How does it feel to be drinking the Superior Cola? I don't care as much, but I prefer Pepsi. <laughs> Awful. Speaking of superior colas, Emily, what are you drinking? <laughs> I am also drinking an orange vanilla Coke with rum, but without any bitters, because I think it tastes better that way. Hear that? Shots fired. So she's having a, a Brooks Light. There you go. A Brooks I like Light. That. <laughs> a Diet Brooks. That's <laughs> hilarious, and uh, I guess we know who's going to be sleeping on the couch tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Speaking of sleeping on the couch, I am drinking a <laughs> rum and coke. Did you continue to control my character's backstory? Maybe. <laughs> so, guys, you just defeated this phase spider. There are still some tracks. In the swamp. What are you doing right now? Are you searching the phase spider for loot? Please tell me you are. Yeah, I guess Matumbe might like kick it over with his boot. Watch it roll over. Roll me a perception check, Steve. Get a better look at it. 13 on the die. That's looking like a 19 total. 19 total. You kick it over and you hear the jangling of metal. Ooh. You thought I was kidding, huh? A jingly spider. I would uh, like to check it out, yeah. So, I described this phase spider last episode, but it is a woman's head on a spider body. And this woman is wearing a necklace. Oh, shit. I'll take that. (laughs) So you take the necklace off, and... It has this strange, it's much like a spider symbol. It almost looks like an arachnid. Many branches of gold around a red ruby in the center of the jewel, basically, of the of the pendant of this necklace. Hmm. Eclipse, I found something interesting on the spider. Would you be able to use your occult abilities to tell me a little bit more about this item? Yeah, um, I'll go ahead and take that, take a look at it. And you hold it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you can tell that it is an amulet of natural armor plus one. Ooh. That's pretty cool. 21 AC. What? Nothing. That's what I thought. (laughs) Matumbe, this looks actually just like that necklace that I got a while ago. Um, It'll be really valuable for anyone who doesn't have the best armor. Yes, I just picked up a ring of protection that you all graciously 
let me have. Um, I would like to take my name out of the ring if we are giving this to somebody. I also have a ring of protection. I mean, I I could take it if you guys really want to. I'd be happy to. Does a ring of protection and amulet of they do natural- stack? Yeah, they yeah, stack. So a, natu- a ring of natural armor is a plus one enhancement bonus to your natural armor. So if you don't have natural armor, it gives you a plus one natural armor. If you had plus three natural armor, it would give you plus four. A ring of protection, I believe, is a deflection bonus to your AC, but I'm not positive. Yeah, I, I knew they didn't stack. I just no, got they the do. Last. They do stack. Oh no, That's I'm sorry. I'm I, yeah. Now I just don't know how to talk. I knew that they stacked. I just did. I just got the last armor boost, so I would kick it to anybody else. Defer the to the gang. Yeah. What I'm hearing is that Eclipse has one. Right. You have the. You have an amulet of natural armor. Yeah. Do you have a ring of protection? No. So you might be able to barter that. Unless Ick wants it. Like Ick oh, yeah, if, if Ick wants it and everybody's cool with that, then Ick should have it. Ickmer already has a 22 AC, and if that's higher than the rest of you guys, I feel like Matumbe, the, other, the frontliner, should probably take it. Well, I mean, there's the other thing that you need to consider where generally you are playing Ickmer as a character that almost tries to get into harm's way. I don't know that... Steve, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think you're really playing Matumbe as much that way. I haven't yet. I think that's been more of a symptom of how these encounters have been. Um, But, I mean, my AC's a 20. It's pretty good. Okay. And to be honest, building on my feet progression, I think that this could be something that I would use. Yeah, if another one comes along, I'll snag it. Otherwise, go ahead and take this one right now, man. Yeah, you guys are going to a big city. You'll have a little bit of time to spend some cash, too, if that's something you want to do. So, for now, Ikmer, 23 AC, monster. (laughs) Now, there's the issue in front of you where you have not found Poppy. Ikmer alluded to this in the battle, that he was able to see the tracks still continuing to the north. Is that something that, you know, you guys are now following? Guys, I, even though you're very nice to give me this, uh, this ruby thing with some gold on it, and to be honest, it makes me feel a little bit better, but I definitely think that we need to, to find Poppy as soon as possible. I'm a little worried for her, all alone. Yeah, I'm worried about her, too. I really hope that we found this spider before it found her. If the, if the uh, phase spider was able to mimic her voice, I fear that it probably already killed her or worse. Let's continue to find her, but be warned, I, I think we will find her end at the end of these tracks. So you guys follow the tracks, and I'm going to roll over Ikmer's survival check during the combat because that has not been that long. You are able to follow the tracks, and you follow them to the north, and you exit the clearing, and you kind of reach... This clearing almost appears to be high ground. It's maybe in the middle of this marsh that you trek through. You have this, this area of high ground and a couple of tall trees... And then this clearing, 
So you almost crest this small hill as you're walking through, and then you begin to descend again, and you can see the marsh water in front of you. I need everyone to make me a perception check. What you got? 13 for Lyra. 21 for the Matumbe. 16 for Ikmer. Same here. 16. 16. So Matumbe is the only one that's able to hear this. And he hears it coming from the east. As as you guys kind of approach the water's edge, he hears... (laughs) And it's this labored breathing... Almost unlike anything you've heard. It just sounds like pain incarnate. It sounds like somebody who's just on the brink of death. Can I do a sense motive check because we know that the phase spider is able to copy voices? Yes, you may. Cool. Oh, sweet. That's a 17 off the die. 23 total. This sounds human. Eclipse, Lyra, Ikma. I believe we may have found Poppy. Follow me. So are you running towards the source of the sound? I'll do haste. I'll do haste. And you find in these tangled reeds a body that is from the waist down submerged in the in the water of the marsh and from the waist up, fortunately, lying on the bank in these, like, cattails. And, and you know the kind of reeds that are all around a source of water. She's deep in them, and she would have almost been impossible to see had you not heard her gasping. But now you see this girl, and she's very... I mean, she looks almost identical to the two that you saw when you met the Crooked Kin. She's kind of laying there in the muck, and you can see signs of struggle. And you see her laying there. Her skin looks paper-thin, And you can see these just angry black blood vessels through her body. Her lips are purple. And you see on her shoulder this, like, you swear if you look at it long enough, you can see it pulse, this bite mark. And she's laying there, and it's as if she doesn't have the strength to to move or do anything she's laying there but but you can tell that she's alive you can hear her breathing you can see her chest rise and fall what do you do lyra would like to run up to her and do a heel check it's a 15 with a 15 and because you've been bitten by the phase spider i'm going to give this to you it looks like she is drained to two constitution you know that when somebody reaches zero constitution, they die permanently, whether it's from damage or whatever. Anyone else, as you relay this knowledge, can make a knowledge arcana. Okay, I will. Ikmer would love to, if he had it. Oof. <laughs> this is where I put my knowledge arcana, if I had one. That's a 20 for Lyra. Really? You have, I didn't realize you had knowledge arcana. I have a one, and I rolled a 19. Dang, girl. Nice. I got a 13 off the die. My Matume die is rolling pretty hot tonight. That brings up me up to a 21. 21. I rolled a 15, so I have 23. 23. The three of you know, after fighting this thing and seeing kind of its tactics, 
you watched it on the battlefield. You watched it wound Lyra, and then kind of as she ran away, try and outflank her and attack her. You know that this is a sneaky predator, and you surmise that this is a predator that often goes without food for a long period of time. What you're getting from this, both this heal check and then your cumulative knowledge arcana check is that it brought her down as far as it could before killing her. It kept her alive so that she would remain fresh for when it decided to consume her. But she is alive now because you've taken out the threat. So what I get for not preparing lesser restoration. We do have a wand, though. Oh, we sure do. Guys, I, I think it's important to ad- address the poison that she's clearly got. I, I definitely don't have that kind of ability, but do, do one of you guys? I cannot cure her poison, but I can certainly treat her wounds and help her make it through that. Mechanically, it's a heal check to help her on her saving throw against poison. Yeah, I think I think Matumbe would know that in the time it took you from the fight to go find her, she would have either succumbed to the poison or survived the poison. So I think Matumbe is relatively certain that she's no longer taking the poison damage. Oh, she's it's just on death's She's door. just she's taken so much con damage now that that she's literally a husk of a person. She's alive, but just barely. I don't think cure light wounds will be enough for this. I I think we'll need some restoration to bring her back. I definitely agree with that. Do you want me to run back to the crooked kin? That way, one of them might be able to do something right away, and I can take them right to her. I mean, would it be worth it to carry her back? And then if they can't do anything, maybe then we help. I agree with Eclipse on this. She is on death's door, almost about to meet Phrasma. But I do think she is safe to, to carry, to move. We can't have that. We can't. We'll do what we can. Okay. So she's alive. Everybody make a perception check. Shouldn't have switched die. That goes up to a nine. Oh, a nine. Great. That's dumb. Seven. Thirteen. Ickmer's at a twenty. (laughs) (laughs) Ickmer, you almost can see. You think you see it for a second, and then it dissipates. You can almost see the webs on the ethereal plane around this area You know this was a spider's nest. And you find several things. As as I think your friends are aiding Poppy as she's kind of down on the ground, you kind of survey the area and you see a couple glints. You see glints of light, glints of... uh, The moon is maybe flashing off of something in this area. This spider had more victims than Poppy. You find a potion a magnifying glass, a small wooden box, and you find a walnut, it looks like a traveling case, and a jar. And then further, you can see what looks like a body, but it's skeletal at this point. 
you can tell that it's maybe only four foot two. It's, it's very short, but the bones look thick. And that's what you find. Hey, guys. I, I just wanted to point out that I, I think this is the area that the spider was actually trying to draw her to. And and I can actually see a couple other things here. There's there's a couple other, but and so that I don't sink in, I'm actually gonna just take some of these cattails and and lay them down on the surface. So I I have a little bit wider area to walk down on. He's gonna walk down on the <laughs> the cattails. <laughs> so what Ikmer is gonna do is just lay them down to the side while he walks on top of them so that it's a wider area and he doesn't sink in to the mud. Yeah, sink into the mud like the the girl did. Oh, Ikmer with his uh, handy-dandy survival skill that he didn't roll, but I will give that to you because that's how Ikmer would have played that. So you find these things, but Ikmer does not have detect magic or spellcraft or even a praise so I imagine he just gathers these things up probably aside from the body Eclipse would be right at the top of the like hill or whatever right at the top of the start of the cattails like waiting to grab whatever Ick might be passing okay yes Ickmer would definitely do that and definitely be more concerned about the state of Poppy rather than the like getting equipment. These exactly. This he knows that time is of the essence here, and he is on a rescue rescue mission. Well, luckily with your perception check and your quick thinking about the cat of nine tails, you are not stuck in the mud, and you are able to gather these things very quickly, like within you know twelve seconds call it two rounds you just scoop these things up and you bring them to eclipse eclipse i'm going to give this to you they are a potions of a potion of fox's cunning is the potion the magnifying glass actually i would like you to roll an appraise on some of these things so roll me an appraise and i'll apply it i'd like to aid natural 20 on that 20 on the aid a lot of aids. Perfect. By the way, you do know what a cat of nine tails is, right? I do. I'm thinking of literally a cattail, which is, I'm pretty sure, what the, the yeah, read with of the... Yeah, you're thinking of a cattail. Yeah. Yep. I keep going back and forth. I'm just, I really want to play Skulls and Shackles now. Anyways, I have a 28 appraise with Steve's help. 28 appraise is more than enough to give you what all of these things are. The magnifying glass, you can tell, has a gold handle and is worth 100 gold. The wooden box contains a set of brass weights, but with that appraise check, you're actually checking it out, and you can see that it has a false bottom. You open it up, it contains three silver ingots worth 100 silver pieces each, so 30 gold total. The walnut traveling case has a pair of superior locks, and the keys are there, but they are sealed in wax. And then you can tell that the jar contains pickled cloves worth 25 gold. So they, you're not sure what they are, but they are very rare. Okay. 
Okay. At first, I thought you said it was a potion of magnifying glass. Which oh, no, 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 no. The potion is a potion of Fox's cunning, and then the magnifying glass is actually pretty valuable because it has a gold handle. I was going to say, potion of magnifying glass is the most ridiculous thing ever. It literally just gives you, like, a plus two bonus on a praise and replaces flint and steel. Like, it's just, like, the most ridiculous potion I've yeah, ever heard I of. Yeah, I can appraise everything. <laughs> <laughs> For only... Amazing. I, 50 I, gold, I can appraise everything. Yeah. I imagine this potion has just water that actually just magnifies things. <laughs> <laughs> like water normally <laughs> does. Through the bottle. <laughs> so those are the things you find. While you guys are doing this, Matumbe and Lyra, you are around Poppy. Is there anything you're doing right now? Lyra will bend down next to her and just kind of whisper in her ear, it's going to be okay. We're taking you back to your troop now. And she'll cast guidance on her to help her on any saves or anything. And you heard before her breathing as you guys approached kind of was like... (laughs) And as you say this in her ear, her breathing slows a bit. And she's like... And she's she seems calmer at your touch. She realizes, I think, and again, she you know, she's so sick, she's probably hardly even realizing you are people until you touch her, give her guidance, and she can feel that kind of magic, and I think it just calms her down. But she's still stuck. She's still stuck in like the reeds and the mud, and half of her is below water. Matumbe says, do not try to speak, girl. I'm going to try and get you out of the muck. Can you not if you understand me? And you see, like, the most feeble nod you've ever seen, but it's, like, just maybe inches. Her head lifts off the ground before it it lands back on the mud, and you can almost hear the slap. It's like that took so much effort for her to do. Lear, is is there anything you can do for this girl before I try to move her? Maybe some sort of healing spell. Yeah, can Lyra tell from that heal check she made, would a cure light wounds help her at all, or is it more of her con damage? You can tell that that bite, the bite wound that's like throbbing on her shoulder, she took damage. She took actual damage, and then she continued to, like she was maybe bitten once, and then she started to take the constitution damage that happens with this bite and she was unable to save and she just couldn't save couldn't save and that's why she's so frail right now but she took and and I think Lear would know just as a character that that a character that is is at two con is so depleted on hit points that even her taking a minimal amount of damage from the bite which you know this thing could rock 17 points of damage that was painful her taking a minimal damage on this bite would still leave her like bloodied if she's taking that much con as well after seeing the the state that she poppy is in and how stuck she is ikmer would offer his help after grabbing the items to possibly like dig help dig her out well you have matumbe for that right Oh, <laughs> this is my time to shine. Aren't you glad I didn't die in book one? How could I forget Matumbe's profession? 
digging graves, but for I'm a gonna life. force you to take a skill point in profession grave digger after all this. I'll do that. <laughs> I get enough skill points that, that I could burn one. Keep going though, Brooks. I like where your head's at. That's exactly what Ikmer would do. Lay down next to her, dig out as much as he can, and with that, hopefully bring her legs up to where they don't create like a suction. Okay. So I'm going to say that you're down helping her. What is Eclipse doing? I was just going to say, the imagery right now is there's Lyra helping this girl, at least in a, a sense of calming her and healing her if needed. But, like, Lyra's doing that. Matumbe is digging her out. Ick's trying to dig her out. Eclipse is only looking through the stuff. All of the stuff you described, finding the hidden door and all that, like, that, she would spend all of her time just kind of doing that. I don't think she would aid in this. There's already three people around her. If she dies, she dies. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. I, I like how you're uh, playing your new uh, alignment shift. I don't. I don't even think it's that. It's like literally, I, I have all the stuff. No, it takes an eclipse time. is the one that everyone comes to to you know figure out what stuff is, figure out what stuff's worth, do all right. that. So that's totally understandable. It's just kind of cruel. Yeah, is so, the only thing I'm going to say about that. So while this is all happening, um, and like you guys are digging her out, like every now and then you'll just hear a clip. Oh, and this box is actually walnut. Oh, and it's got um, keys and locks in it. Pretty good. Some ingots. Uh, yeah, no, looking good here, guys. Good, good outcome here. As you guys are all like, you know, digging up this girl. So <laughs> those that are digging. I don't even need Matume to make a check if he is digging. I need Ikmer to make a strength check, though, because Ikmer is going to be the one in my mind, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that is going to, you know, once Matube gives a signal, like, I've got enough of her out, Ikmer's going to yank her right out of the swamp. Before Ikmer tries to pull on anything, Lyra will kind of push him back and just say, hold on. I, I want to make sure she's okay before we try to move her. We could cause her more damage. And Lyra will bend down and touch the uh, bite on her shoulder, casting Cure Light Wounds, and uh, she'll be healed 10 points. And Lyra will, again, talk to her and say, it's not yet your time to leave this life. Stay with us. And you can see her veins remain black, the, the the throbbing seems to subside, and you can see kind of a blush return to her cheeks. Her skin doesn't seem as pale. It clearly helped. And I think with your heel check before, you know that she was rocking, like, the closest you could be to death. All right, Lyra will turn around and say, that's all I can do for her now, I think it's time for us to move her back to her troop and see if they can do more. You heard her, Ikma. Give her a good yank. Give that strength check, buddy. All right. Not awful. With a 10 total. 10 total. You're actually able to slide her out of the water. She's out of the water. She's on the ground. You weren't able to, like, yank her, but she's, she's not stuck in anything anymore. And that's mainly because you got a the fifteen minute grave digger 
on your side digging her out so she's she's really not stuck at that point and you're able to slide her out but you can tell she's kind of heavy this is going to be a really long trek back and she doesn't seem to show any signs of being able to walk or even move Ikma I guess we'll both have to get under her for this one I I very much so agree she definitely can't put any weight on her legs she has these like jello legs that happen to me every once in a while after I get hit really hard they they feel pretty funny after that you also get the jello legs when you have a little too much to drink which we should really talk about (laughs) (laughs) but we can wait for later okay you get one arm I'll I'll get under the other alright With that, you guys are out of danger, and you are heading back the way you came. I think it is much easier for Ikmer to follow his own tracks than to follow another's, and so it's pretty easy to get through the swamp, even though, you know, normally it would be hard to do a survival check, but I think Ikmer knows the way he's gone. Now, it, it maybe took you 20 minutes to get to this spot, it was only a half a mile away, and you only had diff- difficult terrain for part of it. It takes you the better part of two hours to get back. And by the time you're back, it is full dark. It is probably midnight, and you return on the carnival. And I think I'm going to need... little larceny since yesterday was National Whiskey Day. Any excuse. You guys come up to the Crooked Kin and you see basically seated on a bench in front of you, you see the other two triplets. You see the bearded lady and I don't think you caught any of their names last episode because it was kind of it got kind of frantic there. You could tell something was wrong. And you see this trio of clowns. And you see Kendra on the bench with the ladies. And the clowns are basically in the firelight trying to put on this show for the four, their audience of four. And they're, you know, goofing around and doing this stuff. And you see Captain sitting kind of on on the steps up to the caravan. He's sitting on, like, those steps. He's got a glass in his hand. He's kind of sort of watching the clowns, but he looks contemplative. So the clowns are trying to improve the mood a bit. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's exactly what you should take from this situation. Besides that, you should realize that that Kendra looks like she's okay. You can see that she actually has her arm around one of the one of the triplets and she seems to be laughing. And it looks like the four that are watching are in somewhat better spirits than than what you observed when you first met the the crew. You guys approach I imagine the girls are actually leading the group. Lyra and Eclipse because the guys are shoulder to shoulder holding Poppy up and they 
are taking the entire brunt of her weight. She is too weak to walk. Uh, all right, so, uh, lady over there with the beard and, uh, uh, so, uh captain, please grab a, grab a bed and something, something to put, put poor, poor Poppy on and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll put her on there and carry her back to her bed so she can get some good care. And you yell this to the group, and you can see that they immediately start to mobilize, and the clowns stop acting. They couldn't really see you on the outskirts of their firelight, but they hear you yell, and they kind of grab a makeshift. You can see them, like, the three clowns are fumbling around, as clowns do, uh, making, making basically a makeshift stretcher. And... As you approach, they, they, they have this cobbled together. Hey, boss, put, put her over here. Put her right there, says one of the clowns. Right away. And the other clown's like, oh, get her down quick. So McMurray Matumbe lay her down on the cot. Be careful, be careful. She's, she is not well. We got it, we got it. We, got, we can carry him from here. She's barely hanging on to life. She needs some sort of restoration. Do you have that kind of power here? And I think Caleb would step in here. The captain. What are you thinking she needs? You see this bite here? We fought a spider, and it bit me too. It drains your constitution. She needs that restoration. I've healed her as much as I can. I'm not able to do anything more. Oh, my. We haven't seen this in a long time. Uh, we're going to have to take her to Sajira. He kind of like, he claps his hands and the clowns pick up the the stretcher and they carry it into one of the frontmost caravans. And you can see that they're having a bit of trouble carrying her. They're not used to, you know, they're not strong like you two. They carry her in, and Cap says, Boy, I hope our uh, our Sajira can take care of her, and nothing you could do. Can I, can I join her? I would love to learn and attempt to aid in any way I can. I think in, in times of crisis like this, uh, it, well... It'd be important for you to join her. I'm sure she needs a helping hand, and the rest of us are not capable. Captain, I have the the magics of Phrasma that could help guide her back to life, but you you must forgive me. I am I am very depleted, and it is very late. I imagine we'll be staying here tonight. Tomorrow morning, I could assist the girl, and I will stay with her through the night. But at this time, there is no healing I can provide. You would have to wait till morning. I I understand that completely. I I do, but it seems this is is more dire than we we were expecting. I'm worried for the now. If if it comes to being able to stabilize her and make sure she's all right, then then by all means, tomorrow morning, whatever you can do to get her back to her old self, I I, I would greatly appreciate. I will do what I can, and I'll I'll see to uh, to at least the 
the wound that she's got. I have seen a few wounds in my day, so I can I can patch up a wound if if really need be. Ick, I also have flesh mend. I can just mend that right together if we need to. Oh, that's even better. Who wants to go with her and either be a part of the healing that is taking place now or watch her for the evening? But if you are watching her for the evening, you are likely not getting that much rest. Yeah. I mean, Eclipse would literally just go in and make sure that that wound is closed and healed and then get get right out of there. Okay. And I think I think Lyra had already taken care of that with the with the cure light wounds. Okay. Cuz she cast it directly on the on the spider bite. Okay, if it's already taken care of then never mind. I I guess Matumbe then would would not stay the night with the girl because if the captain is looking for that restoration tomorrow. Matumbe can't do that without a rest. Lyra is quite worried for Poppy, so Lyra would spend the night with her and work with the other healer to try to keep her stable. Ikmer would also be be there at the same time. He is very concerned about her health, and they are now a part of the caravan in his mind. And so that would be concerning that someone would possibly see their end on his watch. I love how quickly Igber assimilates other people on the road into his caravan. I imagine, I imagine that he acted that way when he was a part of Professor Lorimer's caravan. That's just my head canon that he was that way. Make so, him take a point in caravan guard. Caravan guard. <laughs> I already have. Oh, wait, oh yeah. <laughs> All of my uh, zero points in perception have really pointed toward <laughs> the caravan guard profession. You were dumping points in a caravan guard before perception? Absolutely. I still don't have any. God damn it. <laughs> Ikmer and Lyra head into this covered wagon. And they see this woman, and, and Poppy is lying on the floor. The, the clowns have left. And it is just this woman. She's, you can see in kind of the light of the candlelight that she has illuminating this area that she is a relatively olive-skinned, dark-haired woman in in this just ornate suit of green and cerulean. She looks like she has the makings of, of of a seer. If you've heard anything about Carnivals and and carnies and and the Zarni and like the the almost gypsy like peoples that walk around Ustalav, you would immediately identify what this woman is. She's a seer, and right now she has her hands on Poppy's chest. Lyra, make a spellcraft check. 12. With a 12, you can't tell what she's casting, but but you can see the white light emitting from her palms and into Poppy, and you see the, the almost black blood vessels of Poppy turn in more natural shade, and you hear her take one 
gasp. And then she seems to be breathing normally. Oh, hello. Who are you? My name's Lyra, and this is Ikmer. We found Poppy practically on death's door. I did the best that I could, but obviously it wasn't enough to bring her fully back. Hi, m'lady. This is <laughs> Damn it. Ikmer, and uh, she's taken a spider bite, and we, we experienced the, the same thing when we fought it. There isn't any more worry uh, in this area that you need to worry about, but she definitely needs a, a lot of a lot of health uh, quickly, so that hopefully she doesn't uh, pa- pass away in the night. She hears both of you, but her eyes turn to Ikmer as he talks. Lyra, make a perception check. Nine. You don't see anything out of the ordinary, but she pauses for a time, like longer than you would have expected for someone that just engaged you in conversation. And she responds, My name is Sajira. Welcome to the Crooked Kin. Welcome, my little prince. And she says this looking directly at Ikmer. And then she kind of resumes her duties with, with Poppy. If, if you wish to learn, you must watch. And she, she proceeds to dress the wound, even though it's been you know healed by magic. It is still a wound, and she's, still, she's dressing her. She's almost praying over her. It seems odd to both of you when she pours some wax from one of the candles on her in a strange symbol. Are you looking at this symbol? Lyra is definitely curious. Make a knowledge religion. So that's a five, because I rolled a one. So you can see that this symbol appears to be in the shape of a butterfly. You don't understand the significance of that. Oh, uh, are you sure that's the best thing there? Uh, I mean, hot wax, in my opinion, would probably hurt a bit. Trust me, Ikmer. She will not feel this. I know... I know you're worried. You brought her back from a terrible situation, but I have her now. Just watch. She will be all right. Uh, okay, I, I guess. I I trust you, and just make sure you don't... Make sure that she's okay. And you guys sit and you watch her do various things in the tent. And at, at a certain point, she does ask, Will you stay the night with me? Will you stay here and keep a vigil? Either of you. I just need somebody to make sure I, I stay awake. Milady, I would be honored to make sure that the party 
including all of uh, your folk, is is safe through the night. Uh, well, Lyra, why don't you go to bed? I know that that your abilities are are more dire than mine. So feel free, get get your rest, and I will see you in the morning. Thank you for your sacrifice, Ikmer. Make sure to wake me if I can be any help. And thank you for letting me watch your practice. Oh, it is no problem. If you wish to speak to me in the morning, I could tell you more. I, I could teach you what I know. I would be honored. I, I know I haven't caught everything tonight, but I do not want to disrupt you. I know this is a very delicate time. And so Lyra goes to bed, Nickma remains in the tent. And we'll fade out of the tent for now. What are Eclipse and Matumbe doing at this point? So Matumbe is going to kind of casually wander around the camp, but it's it's a very intentional wander. He's headed towards the other Milwaukee man that he saw. I think Matumbe being semi-perceptive can see that you guys went into the woods. Nobody went to bed. Everybody is awake. There's still activity, even though it's the middle of the night at this point. There's activity everywhere. And he heads towards the Mwangi man, and he sees this man kind of propped up in a chair, but this time he's by himself. And someone has done him the service of, of opening up a book and kind of leaving it in front of him. And you see him kind of use his tongue to reach forward and turn the page he seems to be reading and he seems to be deep in thought you approach him yes sir hello my forlorn brother oh hello I, I have not seen a man from the expanse in a while this is I imagine this is true we are both far from home foreigners in a strange land am I right Foreigners in a strange land indeed. Would it be more convenient for you if we spoke in our native tongue? Does this man have polyglot? He certainly does. All right. So Matumbe uh, addresses him in polyglot then. So headphones off for, for all for of everyone us. else. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. I think we're going to keep them, keep them on. And he addresses you and he says, Well, if no one can hear us... Uh, my stage name is Prince Zar. Prince Zar. Prince Zar. <laughs> if you could believe it, I can. Some, the folk here believe anything you tell them. And what is it you told these fools? Well, I am a abdicated Mwangi prince, of course. <laughs> they don't see many people from our neck of the woods. No, though we have the same. The same characteristics of the ones around us. Well, you are more ambulatory than I. Even I am looked upon as a curiosity to most around here. Well, uh, imagine having no limbs and then tell me how curious the, the populace looks upon you. You have me there. But w what brings you to Ustalab? Well, I, am, I, I originally arrived for a funeral. A funeral for a friend. Oh, you had, uh... 
Usta love and friends are interesting. <laughs> it is a long, long story. I believe it. Uh, that is how I got here. A series of long stories. I am now helping preside over this one's estate. And he motions towards Kendra. I don't know if she's around. She's still kind of like sitting with, uh, with uh, Poppy's siblings. The last thing me and my compatriots have to do is escort this young woman to Lepinstadt. Ah, Lepinstadt, that's where we are heading. Yes, maybe we should travel together. Strength in numbers, of course. A person like me, I cannot give you strength, but I do appreciate the strength someone like you may be able to give. All I can give is knowledge. Well, I would appreciate this knowledge. You do know uh, a person like I... I do a lot of reading in my spare time. And what are you reading now? Much on the history of this land. The history of where we find ourselves now. And what they think of us. I find the history of this place and the the north in general... Fascinating. So different from the Garand we know. Very different. Have, have you learned anything interesting lately? You know, this area became free principalities not long ago. Not long ago at all. They, they had counts, rulers, kings in Ustala before, before you or I ever set foot or lack thereof on this land. Fools they are. <laughs> silly, silly work of the, the Ustalavan men. They, they, they build these temples. They build these shrines and, and what do they have from it? Well, nothing. Not much. They live in the shadow of their past. Is it a particularly troubled past? Uh, forgive me, I've been here a month, but don't know much about Ustalav. Forgive me if I haven't seen it, but I, I do have eyes. You are a follower of Phrasma. Oh, ho, ho. have you read the book? In my many years, I have happened upon it, but I have not read it religiously as maybe you have. I'll stop you guys right here. Matumbe is not converting this man to Parasma. So I, I imagine that Matumbe has been standing the entire time and much like a very cool, like non-denominational pastor grabs the chair, spins it around and sits down. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so Matumbe has to be as red, the bones in a spiral. He responds with only cursorily. And he does say... A man such as you would be very interested in Ustalav's past. You see, they were dominated by the undead merely a few hundred years ago. And if you do any traveling here, you can see that the taint remains. The stain on the land was not easy to clean. I despair. This I can see why you would frown upon it, but it does seem to be just a part of this place. It's almost as if it can't be separated. And I think this conversation 
continues, what is Eclipse doing? Well, once Poppy is in the uh, next caravan, Eclipse would basically say, Hey, wolf boy, where you at? All right, buddy, I'm going to need you to uh, give me that coin back. He kind of goes back to his little pile of scraps that you imagine it's got this like divot in it, like he sleeps there and he he grabs the coin and he takes it over to you. And uh, Eclipse will take it and say, thanks for holding on to this. And then she's going to hand him like a copper regular plain one. And he kind of like runs around on all fours excited takes it from you and, and returns it to kind of his little hidey place in the bed. Oh, what's your name? <laughs> Alright. Nonverbal. Uh, make a sense motive. Does Eclipse have a handle animal check? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, sense motive I have a 20. Unless it's under enchantment. With a 20... <laughs> You you come to the unfortunate conclusion that this boy is nonverbal. He has this thick hair over him and, and is obviously considered an oddity with this group of people. Fortunately, he has found some people that consider him family because he can't speak and he doesn't really have the intelligence to do so. He must have been, you would think, reading into it, abandoned at some point, and, and was taken in by this group, but he's just a child. About hold. He is roughly eight years old. Do you want to go on a ride on an invisible horse? <laughs> cool. She's going to cast Mindsteed and, like, ride around. I got is she riding gonna... with him? Because yeah, yeah, you yeah. imagine he probably has no idea how to ride a horse. No, she would basically be ho- holding him half on her lap and like riding around camp and you can see he's doing this like happy oh! alright buddy gonna need you to quiet down just just a little oh. good, good job good job <laughs> <laughs> but I mean realistically that's probably all she'd do to spend her night uh, she would get the coin back cause Kendra was safe no problems there uh, and then she'd want to just be nice to the, the kid. She's got a, a, a soft spot for children. Okay. And we come back to Ikmer in the covered wagon with Sajira. And, and Poppy has basically gone to sleep. You can hear her like very softly snoring. It seems that she's stable at this point and is, is just going to need a lot of rest in order to be 100%. But Sajira is still keeping a vigil, and I think she's appreciative that Ikmer is, is, you know, a stranger. A stranger to this group is willing to sit with her and make sure one of her own is okay. And she pulls out this crystal clear glass ball. And it's kind of on a pedestal. On the pedestal has these brass symbols of a five-pointed star. And she sits it in front of Ikmer and she says, Well, Ikmer, 
while we wait, I am something of a fortune teller. Are you interested in a reading? Well, uh, it's kind of funny that you mentioned that because when we were in Ravengrow, we actually uh, met a man and he gave us a few, uh, I, I think they were cards at the time. Oh, harrowing. Yeah, 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 that's exactly what it was. Uh, this is far more advanced than that type of magic. Is it gonna hurt? Oh, no, 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 boy. No, it will not hurt. It will just see what is to come. Well, then, then I, I guess I, I don't see any harm. Is, is everybody kind of in camp now and everybody seems kind of, kind of safe, so I guess this would be a good time to do that? Sit, sit here. And she has, like, she brings you kind of a pillow to sit on, and she has a pillow herself. And you sit side by side in front of this crystal ball. And she says, Grab my hand, Zygmar. I will tell you what is in store for you, but you need to trust me in some respect. And she reaches out her hands to you. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, you helped this girl, so I can, I can trust you. And so she grabs Ikmer's hands, and you see the ball begin to cloud. It's not clouded with white, but rather with gray, and then it turns to black. Ikmer, you can't really see anything in this crystal ball at this point. And Sajira's she's still holding your hands, and I think Ymir is kind of gripping her hands. He feels them go limp for a moment and probably tightens his grip as her head kind of lulls backwards and her eyes roll back. We leave this cavern and we open on a forest the moon high in the sky bright brighter than it's been maybe in years we fade to two familiar figures one Kavalkasain the other Rickman. They stand together in the forest, alone. At least for a moment. Until shadows descend on the forest. Shadows which become hooded figures. Almost in unison, they draw these silver daggers. Valka and Rickmit transform in the moonlight. Their clothes burst apart as they become part wolf, part man. They lunge on their attackers, but it's too much. 
There are too many of them in this moment. And it goes from a valiant charge to a desperate fight for life. Kvalka is surrounded in this moment. Rickmit at the back of the group knows that in order to save his own life he needs to retreat and he does the hooded figures descend on Kvalka and you hear one last pained howl at the moon and you almost see the face of a wolf in that moon you almost see the moon turn this red this color of blood as the queen of wolves is slain and we fade back and Sajira jerks away from your hands violently so strong that Ikmer's not able to keep his hands on her boy I I I don't I don't know what to say and she bows to you uh I I don't think that's quite necessary was Ikmer able to see these things as well Ikmer could see these things well uh I I mean that was that was a pretty tragic uh, I mean, I guess sight, I guess, but do you, was, was it real? And at this point, we're going to use the augury rules, which you will not know the answers to. Okay. I'm super excited, though. Super excited. I love this whole rule set. This is awesome. Is it wheel or woe? This Ikmar is wheel... And woe for you. You see, the what I see is not a happy or a sad message. Unfortunately, I can't, I can't read it perfectly, but and this will cause great pain in your life. Whatever it is, I, I don't know how to interpret it other than that I think you know what you are or you're starting to know Sajira I I really appreciate everything that you're saying but I I'm I'm merely trying to trying to lead our 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 group into into something better you know be just be better as as well people and and things you know and I think that is where we get to the woe part. These people you came here with, they are strong. They seem good people. Don't get me wrong. But you will lose them in one way or another. I'm so sorry for you, Ikmar, but... 
you will not be able to stay with them forever, whether it's you leaving or them leaving. This I'm certain. I'm beyond certain. I know at some point you're going to lose the people you love. And that is the woe here. Well, I, I, I mean, I certainly understand that. They're, they, they can't possibly be being nice to me just because, you know, they, they, they want to be with me. But I, I think that, I think that we all just kind of ended up together. And right now we're, we're uh, just Trevno Leopardstad. And if they, they stay, they stay. And I understand people leaving me. That, that's okay with me, I guess. I hope for your sake, Ikmer, that they stay as long as they can. You're a strong boy, if you don't know it. I can see that now. And we fade from the tent, from the from the wagon. And on to a brand new morning. And it's morning time. What are you guys doing? Throughout the night, I'm guessing Ikmar has kept watch at the top of the wagons, and in doing so, he probably needs some fi- needs to fill some time. And so I'm guessing he's probably using that whetstone that he got from, or that we got from the prison and uh, sharpening his sword. And Ikmer begins to sharpen his blade. And normally he's used to seeing like maybe a faint spark, but this time the spark is green. And it's just, it doesn't seem normal for sharpening a blade. And he kind of chops it through the air and he hears it whistle. He hears the long sword whistle more than it normally would. But he's not really sure, other than sharpening it, what he's done. So the next morning happens and the rest of you are awake at this point. You've slept in your various either the cart or on bed rolls around the fire. However you decided to sleep, Ikmer basically stood vigil and maybe got four hours of sleep total. But I'm going to say, like, he's not exhausted because I imagine he will have time to just kind of sleep in the cart as you guys progress. His one skill uh, a day that needs to be refreshed was actually not refreshed overnight, so... It didn't need to be refreshed overnight, so he could uh, very much so carry that over. Okay. The beauty of being a fighter, you don't have much shit that you need to refresh overnight besides HP. Exactly. Matumbe prepared his two lesser restorations. So okay. right away he can, after praying uh, diligently to Phrasma, um, he can go into the, the tent with, with Poppy and blast two of those off. All right, not too bad. She gets six points of combat. And she's pretty much 
good after after what Sejira was able to do for her last night. And Eclipse will get up in the morning and she is disappointed in Ick. Yeah, I see the looks around my around the room. People are very shocked by that. Eclipse is disappointed in Ick in her head because why wouldn't he stay close to the party? Instead, he stayed with the carnies. He's supposed to stay with us. Oh. So um, she's going to spend most of her morning kind of getting her stuff together, maybe packing and like muttering in her breath. What did he tell them? What? Why was he doing with them the whole night? The whole night? Did they talk to him? Was he awake the whole night? What the heck were they doing all night? Uh, while she like kind of packs up her stuff. As Lyra wakes up, she is going to draw her hero card for the day. Bada bing. The trumpet. <laughs> which is a shield, so she gets extra con. Okay. Woo, after uh, yesterday. That'd be nice for a fort save. Yeah, yeah, that would have been helpful. Uh, and then and then she's going to go check on Poppy. Okay, and, and Matume is already there, and she can see that Poppy is actually sitting up. Seems to be in better spirits, is eating some breakfast. Matumbe is kind of there, I imagine. He he pumped those lesser restorations into her and made sure that she was okay. So he's kind of holding her back, like propping her back up, making sure she can sit up. Reciting some prayers to the uh, Lady of Grace. But yes. Of course. So that's what, that's what Lyra sees. I think we're just packing up. We're ready to go probably a, a lot, a bit quicker than the larger party, the, what was it, the Carnies. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think Ikmer would probably try to help what he could, but with, uh, with his party first, but then again, uh, still help out where he could with the Carnies, just so that we could all get along going together and i think sajira is the first to notice because she's been with ikmer all night and she's seen the sword she's the first to maybe do a full detect magic on it oh ikmer this is different than it was yesterday this sword Sharper, more powerful. What did you do to it? Well, I I didn't really do much. I just sharpened it a little bit with the whetstone. I she, mean, that's that's all you sharpen it, right? She would tell you that it now possesses the keen special weapon property. Oh my god! Boy, I'm glad you waited for that. <laughs> Oh my goodness, this is nuts. It is the Warden's Whetstone and the Warden's Sword. As long as you sharpen it once per day, it retains the keen weapon property for the entirety of the day. Jesus. So it is now a plus one keen longsword. Do you regret not listening to Eclipse the first time now? Well, Eclipse sharpened her axe and it didn't do shit. Well, yeah, but she also tried to force it on... Ikmer. Yeah, that's fair. He does not. This was Ikmer's doing the whole time. 
And I think at, at, at the point, like the morning, there would be breakfast provided by the carnies. They would have cooked up something that's actually pretty pleasing. There'd be like fresh eggs and actual meat. You guys have been kind of living off of trail rations. Kendra would be again sitting with the sisters, kind of just like enjoying the moment, enjoying like breakfast by a cook fire, that kind of thing. And she would turn to you guys and she would say, "Are are are we are we gonna keep going, or or do we stay with with these people?" I don't know. I mean. Kind of fun being with these uh, very different folks. Oh, I I completely agree. I I'm I'm a little worried about them after this. I I mean they're going the same direction as we are. You guys are really strong. I don't I don't have any say in the matter. But they have horses and carts, same as us. I I don't know why we couldn't. Go with them a little while. They might have some information for us. Yeah, free entertainment. And we just continue on our same way, so long as they don't slow us down. Oh, I, I totally agree. I mean, it's no rush getting getting me to Adivion's house, but but I want to get there for the Trial of the Beast. I want to I wanna see what's happening in Lepidstat right now. I, I haven't been out of Ravengrow in a long time, and I'd like to experience just a, something big happening in a big town. You know, if they don't slow us down much, I would not mind traveling with these with these troop. I have a lot of questions for my Mwangi friend over here. Did you know he is a prince from our land? Oh, I, I didn't, Matu. I think he's lying to you. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. You know, I've got a lot of letters from the Mwangi Expanse asking for money from, uh... <laughs> God! God <laughs> <damn>. Jesus. <laughs> you know, I, I only sent them money one time, and they thought, they, they said that they could quadruple my money within a week. It didn't happen. Oh, maybe there was a problem with the return letter. Maybe someone intercepted it. <laughs> you should follow up. Classic Zimbab. <laughs> yeah, but I, I say we continue with them. If, okay. As long as it's not going to slow us down. I think, I think at this point, Captain Caleb would come to the group and he would say, I am so grateful that that folks like you stop for a gang like us. You brought Poppy back. You did what I asked and more. I mean, you you took down something in that in that forest that I don't even know what you faced out there, but you you brought her back alive. You you brought my family back alive. I would hope that that you'd be willing to come with us, I promise we won't slow you down, but but I also either way have this for you. And he presents this dagger again with this just 
absolutely beautiful handle. It's it's gold and and flecked with sapphire. It seems like it almost has has sapphire bits, but you can tell that like the sapphire is actually embedded in parts of the handle, and it's got this twist in the pommel. And he hands it to you guys. Eclipse would step up to take it. So Eclipse grabs it and immediately feels this powerful magical force. Okay. This dagger is a plus one human with a subtype skin changer bane dagger. So it affects things like werewolves or things like, you know, anything that anything that changes shape. Eclipse will keep that. <laughs> it is bane against that type of humanoid. Okay, cool. Wow, that's cool. Eclipse would definitely try to keep that in her possession. Would anyone, I guess, fight for that or st- speak up? As long as you share what it is with the party... There's no reason for anybody to argue about it. Lyra doesn't do any, like, melee combat, so she's not going to fight for the dagger. Ickmer agrees. He's got the sword, so he's not going to... Oh, he's got a plus one key log sword. He's cool <laughs> now. Uh, well, he's not really going to divulge that, so... Uh, <laughs> but anyways, he's, uh, he's fine with Eclipse uh, holding on to that. Awesome. So are you guys staying with the crooked kin? Is that the consensus? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. As long as it doesn't slow us down a ton, Ikmer would be very okay with that. You guys spend your first hour kind of leaving with the crooked kin. Your cart and their caravan side by side, and you realize that a horse and cart goes relatively the same speed. You realize that you're going to make your... 18 miles per day, whether you're in your cart or you're hanging out with them. But I think this especially weighs heavily on Ikmer. There are now multiple more people, at least 15 more people to take care of. I think it weighs on Ikmer because he he has already expressed his sense of duty, his sense of protection for the pack, for this group of people he may not know that well, that have just joined his party, basically. And so I think it weighs on Ikmer especially that he's going to have to be more vigilant. He's going to have to be watching so that he can protect this bigger group. And as the Crooked Kin introduce themselves to the party in their full glory, I need everyone to finish their drink because we'll see you next week. Oh, I knew it. Say it.